possible, please make a donation today at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Boom, 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 race to the bottom, bum, 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 race to the bottom, bum, 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 race to the bottom, race to the bottom, race to the bottom, bum, 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 race to the bottom, bum, 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 race to the bottom, bum, 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 race to the bottom, race to the bottom, race to the bottom, bam. You know what that means? Hear the silence? Nature abhors nothing like a vacuum, hates vacuums. Dyson, man, nature hates Dyson. Michael Eric Dyson. It means we're doing a a freestyle show. That's what the silence means. The sound of silence, right? Who sings that? Sound of silence. Seems like somebody named Michael Simon. That's not right. Let's see. This is this it? Yeah. Hello, darkness, my old friend. We're gonna do open phones, and I've been struggling with this all week. How freestyle do I want this show to be? Because I've got stuff that I can talk about. I've got an opening monologue by sponsored by Winslow T. Mm. Drinking it iced with some condensed milk. Mm. It's like Vietnamese style. And I've I've quibbled on air about this and and online about how I it it frustrates me that people's definition of of freestyle i got into it on the uh okay player uh facebook website um it's not a facebook the the okay player uh facebook page it was like common common does a new freestyle it's like these are writ are written things that he's just reciting and somebody said for for uh from time immemorial hip hop has uh freestyles have included things that are kind of a compiled written material that are kind of jumbled up like a collage and i was like well actually i brought some major well actually to the to the table Somebody else says, "Well, a lot of times uh, a MC will say he'll he'll let you know he or she will let you know I'm going off off top here, going off the dome. So I'm going to let you know that right now I'm going off the dome. If I if I look at my notes, I'll I'll <laughs> let you know as well. I do need to look at my notes to tell you that the phone number, if you want to be part of the program, is seven one eight." Six seven three eight two zero one. Now I've done versions of freestyle shows in the past. I've done them with uh, my buddy Kent Corin, whose show you just heard on on the on the station before mine. Mothers of Connection. He did songs about food this week. 
Kent used to come into the studio before in the before times, but now he broadcasts from uh, Dobbs Ferry, I think it is. I don't know if I was supposed to disclose his location. And Kent's come in here, and and uh, and Joanna Perpich has has come in, and Megan from Crime Talk BK. And we've we've shot the breeze. But I've never done one of these solo. Also, during during the pandemic, when I was broadcasting from Chez Moi, I would do some freestyles, but I would be able to edit them in in um not in perpetuity. What's the word I'm looking for? I'd be able to edit them before they went out and just tighten them up a slight bit. That that was the the rules for the for the road. But but today, let's see. You know, you you need to open up that space to really get cooking, cooking like Louie. Remember in 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 the Louie show when he would film himself cooking for his daughters. He'd get the super artistic like French New Wave cinema camera angles on him like chopping onions he really made himself look like a hell of a cook I could I could cook Louie under the table I want to have a throw down with with Louie in the kitchen no I don't don't know if I really want to do that I'll let I'll let Louie just do whatever Louie's gonna do. How's that sound? And what I'd like for you to do is give us a call at 718-673-8201. The phone lines are open. And so are the possibilities. I was on break this week from from the job where I work at, where I can't tell you what it is. And I was thinking to myself, I was thinking, maybe I should get ahead on school, do some grading, do some planning. Had to check if the phone lines were open. They are. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get ahead on things. And then I also printed out the, this manuscript that I've been working on in this book. And I've, I thought, after some consideration. Well, first, I got the Kyrie Irving Memorial uh, booster shot uh, because I am a teacher. I was able to get the, the booster, and uh, I'm glad to have got it, but, man, it knocked, it knocked me back for cu- a couple days. I was um, low-energy Jeb, as they say. Felt like I had a horrible hangover for two days but now i'm i'm triple vaxxed and once i once i recovered from the side effects said i think i might need to for my sanity to do a creative project this week so i i put the put my work to the side the work will get done 
right? I hope so. And and I I I worked. And um I also got to hang out around my neighborhood a little bit. And I've got a a pet peeve to share with you you all. You ever notice how tell me if 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 this has ever happened to you. I've been noticing it recently. I especially noticed it this week. If you frequent a say like a coffee spot or a or a, a deli near your near that that's located maybe it's near your work or near near uh your home but it's also near a school if there are high school kids they don't know how to how to order and then step back you got to place your order kids we've got young uh young folks listening to this program place your order get your uh frappuccino put it put the order in pay and then you don't need to stand there right by the counter waiting for it staring at the barista go to the back of the um especially during the times where we're still trying to social distance give give everybody some room young young uh teenagers anybody <laughs> Ever uh, have this this issue? I sure do. I sure do. Listen to that silence. All right. Phone number 718-673-8201. This open, oh, home on the range where the deer and the antelope play. Kind of open, open wide monologue has been brought to you by Winslow T. I'm going, um, not, not off the dome. I'm going back to the plan here. I'm going to play a, a few songs that I've been wanting to play for you all. And I'm going to I'm going to put out on social <laughs> that the phone lines are open and if if people call in, they do. If not, I've I've got some good songs to play for you. How's that sound? And the first of those songs is by a group that I never really knew. I mean, I'd heard the name, but I just kind of dove in. Cocteau Twins from Scotland off their album Treasure. This is Lorelei. Race to the Bottom.
Yeah. Cocktail Twins, Lorelei. Phone number, 718-673-8201. So I read this book um, over the, this week called The Topeka School. And it's kind of um, interesting because I was born in Topeka, believe it or not. Topeka, Kansas. And uh, this book's about a, a bunch of different things, but something that really struck me about it is uh, the main character is this debate champion. And I don't know much about debate. I don't know much about debate or baby, But I do know that, um, well, from this book, that a big technique in, in, in modern debate is, is uh, what they call like running a spread. Where you basically, you just talk as fast as you possibly can. And the faster you talk, the more arguments you can get out there. And uh, so say I have three minutes. If I put forth, th- um, you know... Seven seven different arguments about why uh, school lunch should uh, not in- include French fries, and then my um, my debate opponent doesn't address those uh, all seven. No, no matter the merit of my of my points, as long as uh, as long as they land, and then it's your turn to go. If you don't, if you don't address my <laughs> Uh, the, my my point that I quickly made about uh, about ketchup, then uh, I, I scored I scored a point on on you there, buddy. And it made me it it really resonated with what I feel like is going on uh, on the internet. Have you ever heard of the internet? Oh my god, we have a call. Maybe this caller's heard of the internet. Race to the bottom. Hey, good morning, John. It's Jay Clarkson. Oh my goodness. Jay Clarkson, what's going on, man? I'm spreading mulch. Oh, you're not spreading uh you're not spreading a debate, are you? Uh I was, as a matter of fact. Have you um, have you on heard the of this? Team in high oh yeah, so you've heard of this. I was just talking. I just read this book, The Topeka School. You ever heard of this book? Yeah, I haven't, but I yeah, I know the technique for sure. Where you 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 try um, to, you try to spread your your argument out. You make you make right. as many points as possible, and then if and then if it's my turn and, and you make a point that I don't address, I, that's a dropped. A dropped argument, and and you uh, you you get a point or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, if if the um, negative does not answer all of the arguments of the affirmative, then the affirmative wins. Yeah. So yeah, um, we used to practice with a pencil in our mouths. Yes, they they. Uh, yeah. That's that's in this book as well. Yeah, so you yeah. just it's just kind of the kind of force of 
the literal force of your of your argument of of your tongue. Yes, exactly, exactly. And um, Kansas has has a pretty stout debate program. The, um, they're obese. They're obese. Did I lose you? You didn't. Hello, I, I had to take. I had to turn off the AC. It was. It was uh, creating a, a bit of a, a sound issue. I, I had to run across I, the room. Man, hey, get settled. I'm settled well, now. Yeah. So, so I, I was saying that this, this technique of kind of, of debate and. And, and kind of spreading your arguments seems to have infected Twitter and kind of our discourse in general, where the more the more arguments one can make, regardless of their kind of salience or, or moral um, character, the, the, the better. Right. So you're just kind of throwing right. the, the throwing the kitchen sink at, at people. Right, right, um, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And I at one point found myself we the uh, there. There's a you, you debate a resolution. The topic is in the form of you know resolved that we ought to do this, that, or the other. Yeah. And at one point, the resolution had to do with um, commercial development of space. Okay. And. Um, <laughs> The uh, the the affirmative's case. One of the points in their case was that, or maybe they were negative. I don't know. One of the opponent's points was that if we were to um, mine for precious metals in space, that we would ruin the economy of South Africa. Now, at the time, uh, as Bono would say. <laughs> Apartheid mm-hmm. is a big thing, you know. And so um, in my rebuttal, I expressed the opinion that that we shouldn't be concerned with South Africa, but I think I expressed it in a way, I know I expressed it in a way that said, well, the, the clean edit is forget South Africa. Yeah. But I did, you know, I spoke kind of, you know, how you sometimes you talk like your your thought process is a sentence or two ahead of where you're. Yes. Yeah. So I got a sentence or two ahead of myself and said something in a in a <laughs> debate round that I should not have said. And I have been conscious of that or self-conscious of that ever since to the point where when I first started to preach, I told a friend of mine about that. And then every time afterward, he would be like. Yeah, you did great. You only cursed twice. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's how that's how debate made me anxious. Yeah, in my in my life, um, I was just calling John. I was very surprised that you would start the show off by defending Louis C.K. Um, <laughs> that I I didn't think I was defending. I was. Uh, Saying how You're so complimentary <laughs> of his directorial style. How could you 
How could you do that? Wow, I see. I see where you're you're going here. I got. I can't drop this. Uh, what do you call it? Drop the point or drop the argument? Drop the argument. Yeah, yeah. I can't drop this yeah. argument. I was I was poking fun at how Louie made uh, himself seem like an amazing cook um, in his um, in his ep- eponymous. Eponymous. Eponymous yeah. um, Which TV had show. Which REM album. Eponymous. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Not a, the best uh, the best big star cover band ever to come out <laughs> of Atlanta, Georgia. Um. So you you were being you were being sarcastic. Yeah, I do that on the show sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that you were doing that to be, like, provocative? Like, you were being kind of transgressive in a way? Mm. Um, I guess so. I was, I, it was more kind of a, for me, it was more of a catharsis because, um, I, I was a huge, uh, fan of, of Louie and, and that show. And then kind of, and then looking back at, um, Looking back at it, kind of some things, you know, jump to the fore when you when you have the whole picture of of who who Louie uh, actually was right. the whole time. Had kind right. of his right. his self serving directorial choices. Um, but, right. You know. Right. 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 What do you, what um, are you what are you getting at, uh, Jay? Well, I you know I'm just. Uh, it, as you know, listeners may not know, but as you know, we had a we had I thought a a, a very um, uh, uh, authentic and and honest conversation about comedy mm-hmm. on on a, a text stream. Was it just yesterday or the day? I think before, it was two maybe? days ago. Yeah, two days ago. Yeah, and you know it was. Some of the things that were fascinating to me about it was we were talking about a comedian who's been in the news lately yes. about uh, about some of his material, and you know, it was it it was fascinating to me on a couple of levels. One of it was this conversation that we we're just kind of rehashing here about the value of of being transgressive mm-hmm. versus you know. I don't know that there's so much being transgressive is like that those people mean what they're saying mm-hmm. and they just, they have the opportunity to do it there. Um, yeah, it's kind of the the thing of like, you know, people do this not not only in in uh, professional comedy, but just in life. Somebody will, yeah. s- will say something um, kind of pushy or, or cutting. To yeah. to you like a coworker or something, uh, yeah. and then if if you if it upsets you, they'll say, "I'm oh, I'm just kidding. You're so sensitive, right?" right? When they were right. actually right. just kind of saying what they what they felt. They didn't. They they do think your sweater looks uh, like a you know a scoop of Rocky Road ice cream or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I still feel bad about a comment I made. A guy I was working with. Wore a plaid shirt to work once <laughs> in like 2010, mm-hmm. and I said, "Hey, Seattle 1993 is calling. They want their shirt." Wow! 
Yeah, that was not that, yeah. that wasn't cool. That wasn't cool. Um Yeah, so just to peel back the curtain, yeah, it, Jay and I were were texting about about Chappelle. Uh yeah. and Yeah, and it's it's so and then you have like this goes in so many different directions, but then you have like people just tossing out uh, phrases like freedom of speech and, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, uh, you know, thought police and self-expression and, you know, right. cause, but basically Dave Chappelle is in, in his comeback over the past few years and, you know, four or five, I don't know how many specials he's done. Each, each one, each special basically has the same nugget uh or multiple nuggets of kind of edgy trans uh jokes right right right. and so so we're having this conversation and as we're having it uh i start to wonder like why like why do i have so much energy around Mm -hmm. you know like why why is it important to me why can't I let this discussion go? And part of it, you know, and part of it may be kind of what's going on for, for Dave Chappelle as well, is that like sometimes when I find myself in sort of a, you know, an exchange where there are two sides, I just can't let go of my side, period. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but the, uh, the other part of it, and I think this came to light yesterday for me. And I agree. I think this is kind of part of what you were trying to, to say, too. I may have been taking him too seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I may have been buying into the argument where that, like, yeah, this is art and this is expression and this is, you know, when it's like, okay, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but this isn't something that, this isn't so important that I need to figure this out. Mm-hmm. You know, like All, maybe, maybe I can go on with my dad. Also, like, since when? Uh, I don't know. As I'm saying it, maybe I'm. I, people would be, be like Lenny Bruce, man. But like, since when are comedians like our uh, be all and end all of? Humanity, like, why do we need to mediate uh, who we want to be as a society through through some guy who gets up on the stage and and, and tells jokes? Like, I don't know. Right, right, right. Well, and I mean, my specific pro- profession would argue that that's all mediated through another individual. So, mm-hmm. exactly why would I? What? Why would I get so hung up on? You know preserving this this arena of truth quote unquote mm-hmm. in in the public sphere when yeah i really think like we're trying to to work towards that truth somewhere else mm-hmm. or ought to be anyway yeah it's um, it's like uh it and it goes back to the debate thing of like and i think you're right to say there is a lot of energy around that and i yeah. i i find you know Social media and and just modern modern discourse with a capital D, right? Right. <laughs> uh, really attracts us to 
to these kind of uh, these focal points uh, where where there there is that energy and in, in that debate and people you could just get get drawn into it. Um, right, and there is no public interaction today. I was thinking about this because I went to the grocery store to um, to pick up some stuff to fix dinner with last night. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I ought to buy my wife some flowers because it was our 21st anniversary oh, the other day. congratulations. Yeah, thank you. She got me a nice card. I didn't do anything because <laughs> we don't normally do stuff mm-hmm. on our anniversary. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't be like, hey, why the hell did you get a card? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You're making me look bad. So I stopped to get the flowers. And... You know, just the act of walking in the store and seeing, I mean, this is a reality down here. I don't know that it's up there. Who's masked? Who's not Mm -hmm. masked? Who's wearing the mask below their nose? Who's not wearing, you know. And just, like, every public interaction is fraught. Yeah. So every conversation has more energy than it ought to around it right now. It's all part of the debate where we've... We're like living the the uh, dialectic or whatever it is. That's right. I, That's right. I kind of, um, as an aside, when people, I I have more of an issue with people who wear their nose pr- protruding from their mask than I have with people who just don't wear a mask. It yeah. bothers me yeah. more. Um. You know, it's it's like a, yeah. it's like a, it's kind of like a picture, uh, a framed picture on the wall that's crooked. You just want to, it's like, a, you know, you just want to fix it, put the, pull the thing, and noses. I think a, a mask, <laughs> wearing a mask and and not having it cover your nose, noses kind of take on this almost like pornographic thing where it's like. I don't want to see that. That's disgusting. Uh-huh. It's like poking, po- protruding out. It's a little too intimate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My um, my wife works in a public library. Mm-hmm. And so there there's a mask mandate for public buildings that, that they both feel compelled to and want to enforce. Yeah. You know, so the, the over-your-nose thing is one thing. There were some patrons who came in not too long ago wearing mesh masks, <laughs> which just, you know, it's, it felt very juvenile. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't tell me I'm not wearing a mask. So, yeah, I think that's part of it, too. Another piece, and it was interesting to me, and this, I think, goes two ways. I think it's obvious, maybe obvious, that, you know... When you and I have a discussion over text, it has a different character than when we talk. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, your persona on the radio, you're Mr. You're Mr. Chill. Me too. Because I want people to think nicely of me and the, you know, institution I, I represent in some ways. But, uh, you know, the, the character of a conversation in person is different than a character conversation over text or email or mm-hmm. social media, whatever. Mm-hmm. It made me wonder, too, if, 
you're having seen Dave Chappelle live gives you information that I don't have watching a video. Even if the video were not edited, would it be different than seeing stand-up in person? Mm. As different as it is seeing a, a work of you know a work of, of visual art, yeah, in person, you know, potentially. Um, that, yeah. that, you know, I did, yeah, I, I, I told Jay that I, I saw Dave Chappelle at Radio City Music Hall. He's, you know, one my all time favorite comedians. And this was a few years ago and, and being there in person and, and, uh, the energy that I felt, um, I felt, you know, it, it took a couple days for it, for the dust to settle, but I, I remember telling my wife, uh, a couple of days later, yeah, I think I might be kind of done with with him, and it's also, yeah. I think, like like you said, maybe I was taking him. I don't know if taking him too seriously, but I, I was putting too much. Um, there was too much riding on my uh, relationship with with Dave Chappelle, my my one way yeah. relationship. Um, you know, he's he's a kind of a stand in for. Um, a voice that I feel like we felt like we needed. Um, right. Right. Which goes right. back to like, why, why are comedians, uh, you know, fulfilling that role in our, in our society? The truth tellers, yeah. right? Um, right. 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 And I was, I was humbled to find out that a, um, uh, an anonymous, um, I guess you could call it parody Twitter account. I don't know that it's parody, but an anonymous Twitter account in the voice of the Mothman mm-hmm. could bring me to the realization, <laughs> to that realization. Also, that, what, yeah, what, yeah. that you're, yeah, all comedians kind of suck in a way. Also, the, yeah. Dave Chappelle is, is, um, doing this, this thing where he, he was, you know, he mediates a lot of his kind of critique of um, modern day trans activists through this relationship that he had with this one trans comedian who right. Right. who was right. like, you know, a fan of Dave Chappelle and was like, oh, I don't take what you say that seriously. You're a great comedian and we're, we're friends through comedy and we're comedians before we're any other identity and and et cetera, et cetera. Right. And that comedian has since um, died. I think they took their own yeah. life. And so, uh, but <laughs> Dave Chappelle continues to use them as his, like, uh, get out of jail free card. And this this right. deceased comedian can't really uh, say anything about that, which I, I think is pretty gross. Well, and and the fact that, you know, we often hear arguments that I can't possibly be racist. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm married to a black person. Yeah. It's like, eh, eh, <laughs> actually, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yeah, when I, when I think about how I, you know, would match all of your arguments um, in a debate, so much mm-hmm. of what I have to offer is anecdotal, which is like, Okay, I'm, that's that speaks to my experience, but is, is that really helpful? Mm-hmm. You know, does that really move us forward here? 
Mm-hmm. So, well, um, for for yeah. uh, um, you know, God bless him. We're still talking about him. This you know for the past twenty minutes. So maybe he's uh, doing doing something right. His free speech has has permeated ours. Right, right, right. And it was interesting to me that as, I mean, I was kind of talking about this with, with my son and a friend of his who's staying with us for fall break. Um, I was talking about the issue of cancel culture and, and all that sort of thing with, with them sitting in Taco Bell where I hadn't been for 20 years and they introduced me to the Baja Blast, which was very <laughs> exciting. But their frame of reference for all of this are people, you know, and, and A-list celebrity cancel culture are people I've never heard of. Yeah. And I'm sure that if I brought up the name Dave Chappelle, they'd be like, yeah, screw that guy. Like, just mm-hmm. right offhand, you know. So it's just kind of interesting to me who our frame of reference is for this discussion, too, you know, and where that how that kind of just moves on pretty quickly. So, but anyway, um, great to talk with you. Yeah. And uh, we're, uh, dear listener, we're going to have Jay back on. um, Well, you can call whenever you want, but we're going to have you back on for the Christmas Spectacular, which is on Christmas Day this year. Excited about that. We'll get you and Dr. Dad and try to get Kent Corn, the same as we've done for the past. This will be the third year uh, where where we've done that. Um, We'll have to pre-record because I think we'll all be uh, with our families that day, but. Um, I'm it's looking a heady that. group. I'm uh, I'm honored to be a part of that group. Yeah, so. the th- the wise yeah. the three wise men, wise guys, wise guys. All right. Yeah, we're connected. All right. Thanks, Jay. Talk to you later. Peace. Peace. Phone number seven one eight six seven three eight two zero one. The freaking deacon calling in. That was good. So yeah, as far as this like um this edgy debate thing, there was this did you see that this, this this week there was this on uh on Twitter I saw it. This guy from uh, Barstool Sports, which is basically like a a Trump adjacent um uh kind of uh ESPN, I guess. <laughs> I don't I don't know it's it's a very broy uh internet based sports organization with guys with um like bullied in middle school but this guy came up to uh actor John Cusack at a White Sox game the White Sox were uh in the playoffs they've since been eliminated but John Cusack, I guess he's a Chicago guy, and he was at the game, and he's been, uh, and I guess previously, like during the, the Chicago Cubs heyday, he was always at the playoff and World Series games in his Cubs hat. And now John Cusack was, was sporting his White Sox hat, and uh after the game this this dude from Barstool Sports ran up to John Cusack and and they filmed it of course and he was like you don't get to do that man 
you can't you can't go to both games. You're you're a Cubs guy. Part of being a White Sox fan is is the pain. You can't just jump jump ship, and that's why Chicago's great. Actually, I should be doing a Chicago accent, but um, that's not one of my uh, strong suits. He gets in John Cusack's face, and then John Cusack starts uh, giving giving the this this dude like a White Sox trivia um, pop quiz. And the guy, this barstool sports guy, can't answer any of the questions. He, he gets it. He he spreads them. He, there's a lot of dropped arguments there. But it's just like, is that where where we're at? I guess so. Run up to a celebrity. Also, I I don't buy into this thing. I don't, I don't know why. I'd be interested in. The, the personality type of, of people where there's two sports teams, you know, Mets, Yankees, White Sox, Cubs, etc., in a city. Who who are the people that, that's, that stand by, you got to pick one and, and hate the other? I've, I, I think I've said it before. I'm, not, I'm, a, I'm a Mets fan, right? And I and I realized this year I'm I'm more of I'm more of a Mets fan than I am a baseball fan because I can't I've I've completely lost interest in in uh, these playoffs now that the Mets and the Yankees are out and that gets to my point and maybe it's because my wife's family are, are Yankees uh, people but what's the what's the point of of uh, choosing one and ha- and hating the other? It's good people on both sides, right? But it was it was crazy though. There's this guy Wilmer Flores, who's on the New York who was on the New York Mets. Oh, he'll always be on the Mets for in in my humble opinion. And and Wilmer, his um, claim to fame is that. <laughs> This was in 2015 when the Mets were going to the would eventually go to the World Series. There was a game uh, near the end of the, um, well, I guess it was before the trade deadline. Wilmer somehow found out during the game. I guess a fan told him because they were on their phones. They saw on Twitter that Wilmer Flores was going to be traded. And this this kid had been, uh, I think he's Venezuelan. He'd come up in the Mets organization his his whole life since he was sixteen. He gets the news that he's being traded. He goes out there and they they the cameras zoom in and he's out there trying to field his position. He was playing like second base, crying. He was damn crying. He couldn't help it. So everybody uh, felt for him. And then, same game. It's like a extra innings game. The dude hits a walk-off, home run. And a walk-off for, for people who don't know. It's that it's when the the game is, is tied and you're in the bottom of the 
it, the other team, it's it's your last chance to bat, and you uh, you hit a home run and and it wins the game. And uh, so it, and then they ended up not trading him. I, the deal fell through. All was okay. But then this guy Wilmer Flores, he eventually gets gets traded from the Mets and ends up on San Francisco Giants. And the Giants were playing the Dodgers, the big, big rivalry, the big California rivalry. And both these teams, they had the best records in baseball, um, top two records this year. But only one team could go fourth. And then game five of a five-game series, tied in the ninth, one-to-one. Dodgers score. Giants come up to bat in the bottom. So Dodgers score in the top of the ninth. Giants come up in the bottom of the ninth. And this insanely talented pitcher, Max Scherzer, is on the mound. Two outs, two strikes. Wilmer Flores, the the guy who cried. There's no crying in baseball. Is at the bat. And just like Mighty Casey, two strikes. Max Scherzer throws him up a crazy pitch. He tries to lay off the pitch, but kind of swings his bat a little bit. But you, there's a thing you, you can't break your wrist, you can't go all the whole way around. Otherwise, it counts as a swing. But he checked his swing. Unfortunately, the the umpire did not think he checked his swing. After after the game, the umpire said, "Check check swings are are the hardest thing. One of the hardest things as an umpire to get right in the moment. From where I was standing, I didn't have the." The benefit of multiple camera angles. It looked like he he swung, so I call it a swing. He didn't swing. Wilmer Flores, the the prototypical Met, the 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 pain of uh, <laughs> of, of abject failure. So where does that leave us? We're going into the the uh, the fall. Baseball's coming to a close. But you know what's not coming to a close? Race to the bottom. We got. I've got, I've got the. This was the fun, kind of free and and kind of flying without a net today. Freestyle show. Kind of a different vibe. I was a little nervous there at the beginning, but it came through. But l- listen to this. I got the whole rest of the year planned out. Next week, Tom Demena. Following week, my friend Dave, we're going to talk about the inf- 
infantilization of, of our culture right before Halloween. And we got a guest mashup from listener Tim. November 6th, Dr. Lisa. November 13th, Scott Bunn. We're going to talk about our love-hate relationship with the, the band, the rock and roll band, The Doors. November 20th, right before uh, the week before Thanksgiving, Prepisode with our buddies, Kyle McCarthy and Chris Mata. Give you some tricks and tips for Thanksgiving. Then, hot off the press. Last week in November, I've got my my old anthropology professor from from uh, Warren Wilson, Ben Feinberg. This guy's incredibly smart. We're gonna uh, we're gonna talk more about Mexico and and thank you so, so much for the feedback everybody gave to uh, last week's episode with Matt Pogachnik. Shout out to Matt. That was excellent. And uh, so we're, I, wanted, I wanted to talk more about Mexico, and I reached out to, uh, to Ben Feinberg, who, who has lived there extensively and studied and written about the country. In December, we got Mike Vago. We got our top 10. We got our Christmas Day special. Pretty, uh, pretty spectacular. Right? Right. If you're listening to uh, this episode on your computer, you can download the app for your Android or your iPhone. You can keep in, t- keep in touch with the station, figure out what's going on by uh, signing up for our newsletter. Go to Race to the Bottom, no, the Radio Free Brooklyn dot org slash newsletter. While you're there, if you if you uh, appreciate the programming, you can drop us a couple uh, dollars. Got to do- hit the donate button, and yeah, going to close out the the program with a song that our buddy. Amy Woe from Cracklin Woe, who do our world-class theme song. Uh, she sent this to me. Teddy Pendergrass with uh, his song Love TKO. Up next is Crime Talk BK. And um, thanks to Jay Clarkson for the, uh, for the call. And I will talk to you all next week. Bye. I guess I shed some tears I told my 
myself time and time again This time I'm gonna win For another fight Things ain't right I'm losing again Takes a fool to lose twice Start all over again Think I better let it go Looks like another love TKO Just think about it, girl. TKO Better let it go Why did I click out of that? The song was playing so nice But then I made a mistake I guess it's part of the freestyle thing Teddy Pendergrass Love TKO I gotta play it again before I let you go I'm bringing it up on YouTube And skipping this ad I should go in the middle of the song And bring it back up I just feel like I want to sing, I want to sing. 